Well, the MVP runner-up is heading back to the conference finals. So we'll talk about the Lakers versus the Nuggets. Then Avengers assemble time here on Locked On Nuggets and Axe and Roll Podcast. So uh, I'm Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined for Dem Avengers Assemble by the one and the only Swipe Cam. Swipe it, what's up? Oh, I, <laughs> I am having a tremendous day, Mother's Day. Uh, shout out to all the mothers that are watching this, by the way. I uh, appreciate you all. Uh, you all are amazing. Um, our favorite people. Um, you know, thank you for all the job that you have done to to help us get here. So it's been a, it's been a great day. It's been a great day. Uh, also joining us, Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, how are you? Also having a fantastic day. I have I have no idea. Was did anything happen today? Like was was there anything other than Mother's Day? Nothing that doesn't happen every year, Ryan. Nothing <laughs> that doesn't happen every year. I'll I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. It may, maybe something happened. Also joining us is Adam Mares from DMVR, Director of Content. Follow him on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. Adam, how are you? Excited to be back with the Wilburys. <laughs> are you – so which uh, – Tom Petty? Do you want to be Tom Petty? Do you want to be – I prefer to be Bob Dylan, of course, always yeah. in all things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. We're going to preview Lakers versus Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. We 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 should get some re- – because it's newsworthy, we should get some reaction to what happened today. I'm going to hand off uh, the wheel here, and Swipe is going to take the role for the rest of, of the episode. Swipe, where do you want to start as we kick it on here? Yeah, so uh... – First off, welcome everyone to uh, Den Ventures Part 3. We have, uh, this has been a very successful show. Everyone loves listening to Matt, Ryan, Adam. This has been a great, great opportunity to have some real basketball discussions. We did it before the Wolves series, did it before the Sun series, and third time's a charm. We will see. So, Ryan, how's everything going today, brother? Well, it was going really well when I got to my mother's place where where we, we got to celebrate Mother's Day. and. I asked her, hey, do you think we could flip on game seven of Boston Celtics versus Philadelphia 76? Just just as like proximity, just I'll, I'll keep it on mute, guys. And and by the end of it, the four members of my family were laughing our asses off <laughs> just at everything that was going on. This is my mother. This is my father. This is my brother. And we're just laughing at all of what's going on here and how fraudulent everything just seems to be. Uh, we we enjoyed uh, the slander, and I, I think everybody else is enjoying the slander too. I got some bookmarks that I'm still breaking out. Mm. Adam, how about you? I mean, same thing, man. I enjoyed the hell out of that. Um, I this is going to sound so trollish, but I'm not surprised. You guys, look, we all have our different styles with how we handle this specific topic: MVP, Jokic, Embiid, this or that. I'm the quiet one. I'm the quiet one. I'll say things on the show. You know, in a nugget space or whatever, I'll talk about it. But I'm not on the timeline going back and forth. But I'm not surprised. This is the thing. The way that it has been talked about, this fake idea that Embiid has been this two-way dominant playoff performer his whole career, and Jokic has been this meek little 
just getting destroyed and his numbers all wilt in the playoffs was always ridiculous. And for me personally, I never felt the need, you know, I just, just wait, time will tell. We will all know the truth eventually. This has been my approach. We will all know the truth. I think today, May 14th, 2023, is a watershed day for where the public perception shifts, not for some, not for most, but for damn near all basketball watchers. So it feels good. Right. Matt, how about you? Here's my thing. And like people understand, like want to know like my deal as far as this goes. My problem was the conversation and the conversation specifically from one fan base. Another one got a little bit out of control, but they backed off as the season kind of went on and when they saw who they were with. But one fan base was very certain in all these things. And everybody started wanting to include these things. It's regular season award. Well, yeah, but what about the playoffs? Like, mm. I mean, what what about the playoffs? You know, we're yeah. gonna feel so dumb if we we're get so he's out early in the playoff. We will feel so dumb. Feel so dumb. It happens every year. Never made the conference finals. Mm. And my biggest thing is this: I spend more time on the MVP than I do anything else covering the NBA. I spend more time on it. I care about it because, like, I had to choose whether to care about it or just be like, I don't care. And I chose to care about it. So I invest myself pretty heavily in the in the conversation and the historical context and all of this. And the greatest MVPs in the history of this sport have always made their teammates better. That's what they do, is they make their teammates better. Not every year. And most of the awards that are pretty fraudulent in retrospect are guys didn't do that. In unrelated news, <laughs> Joel Embiid had way more turnovers than assists in these playoffs. Oh, no, no, Matt, Matt, you, don't, you, you can stop, man. You don't have, you can rattle them off. But it's easy. He was horrible. He was horrible. He was horrible. This was his underperformed. The numbers took a little dip. The efficiency went horrible. He had one rebound at halftime. They were hunting. They No, they were hunting that dude in pick and roll. Just absolutely torching him in a game seven on the perimeter. Just as we all all thought that that would happen because it happens to every single center. This Mm. isn't news. And yep. they tried to act like it was completely different. They tried to act like this was a complete sham. And the fact that it's not a sham is not a surprise to any of us on this panel. But it was pretty shocking, I'm sure, to the Philadelphia 76ers fan base that Jason Tatum put up 51 in Joel Embiid's grill. What's what's startling to me is how much like Sixers fans really like I'll give them credit to this. Like this was like the Ricky did this. Kyle Newbeck wrote about this. Like they've owned it. They've just been like Embiid failed. This is on Embiid. I personally, I don't want to hear about Harden. I want Harden missed shots, had assists, actually tried, won them two games in that series. How many games did Joel Embiid win them in that series? Zero. Hmm. So I don't want to hear about it. We're done. We can move on. The bigger thing here is not that this this proves that Jokic should have won MVP. I don't care about that. that don't care about it. But this proves that those conversations the entire year mm-hmm. were stupid as hell the entire way. And if you say, like, what, what about it in the future? Sometimes this is what you get. You reap what you sow. I want to say one last thing here in nice contrast. Going back two years, this is Draymond Green after beating the Nuggets last year. I just told him, thank you for making me better. It's absolutely incredible to play against a guy like that. Usually when you have a guy that's that talented skilled, they're a little soft. He's far, far from soft. That was Draymond Green. And if you watch the clip, meant every bit of it. This is P.J. Tucker after this game. We weren't very tough. We weren't very physically tough, emotionally tough, mentally tough. It wasn't enough. This to me is the biggest thing. Like the stats, you want to score, you want to rib, shot block, or whatever. Like that, 
there's a, a kernel of honesty to that conversation of like people really feel a way. I think they were wrong, but they're talking about the mold of player they want from, from this or that. Jokic is a tough SOB. He is an incredible leader in terms of the way he gets, you know, guys going and this or that. And it's hilarious. I was listening to, I think it was Hoop Collective because it was with Windhorse the other day. First of all, game five, they all admitted they didn't watch the game, which I thought was just real mad. Game five of the playoffs. Two games on that night, by the way. What's that? There were only two games on that night. Oh, two games on. They didn't watch it. And then they were like, it looks like Jokic. They literally said, it looks like Jokic had a good game. That was like a line they used in there. And I just go like, we're never winning. But then the following night, I give them credit. And all of them on the panel, it was like listening to us from six years ago. You know, it was like listening to us because they were like, he made this pass. He wasn't even – I couldn't believe it. Did you guys notice how he makes this shot, like, on weird angles? He really makes tough shots. <laughs> you know, the thing about Jokic that blows me away in this series is he just does what the team needs. And I'm like, guys, what are we talking about? <laughs> is it really the first time? So, anyway, this playoffs to me has been one where Denver full strength and all that. And to this, and to this point, halfway there – Jokic, when 20 rebounds are needed, he gets 20 rebounds. When 20 assists are what's needed, he gets 20 assists. And when 20 points are what's needed, he gets 20 points. Some nights it's only two of those three. Sometimes it's only one. But it doesn't matter. If you watch him, you realize he got 100% of the things that the team needed from him and nothing else. And no BS, no stat padding, any of that. He just kind of, whatever box you try to put him into, he escapes and gets you exactly what's done. And to me... That's what's so sweet about where we are again, halfway through the playoffs. But that's what's so sweet is I think that is the part when I say there's a line of demarcation. That is a point where everybody seems to get it now and everybody seems to get the lacking of it from the other side. So um, I've had some investment in this conversation for the three years I've known you all, obviously. And this is very important to me because Denver's never had an athlete that's been an MVP caliber player. Not like this. So for the first time we get one. Watching him go through the progress, watching the narrative exist around him, I have felt uh, very pointed about the fact that up to a point in this year, Jokic was the clear MVP, but then the narrative spin started happening. The film, Jokic getting hunted by the Spurs and pick and roll, the reason why Jokic can't win three straight because he doesn't play defense, all this other stuff. And again, to your point, the comparison was, how can you give Jokic three straight MVPs if he doesn't have playoff success, and in B's playoff success was never brought to the conversation. I asked this question today. Mm. Who has Embiid beaten in the playoffs? Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so my whole thing with this is this playoffs, Sixers fans were telling us repeatedly they wish they could see Embiid get single coverage like Jokic because he will cook single coverage. But the whole point is the reason you can double Embiid is because he has 35 turnovers to 24 assists, as Matt very eloquently brought up earlier today on Twitter. My whole thing, y'all, is Embiid dropped at the score. His defense was incredible. His leadership, his effort, all the stuff that people have already noted about him was on notice today. And you got 50-piece and you were down 26 with 13, 5, and 1 with three quarters into the game seven. And he's 0-3 in game sevens. But every year, he lost to Atlanta Hawks. It was Ben Simmons' fault. He lost last year to the Miami Heat. He got hit in the face. This year, what's the excuse? And by the way, MVPs are expected to perform in game sevens. 15 points 
Well, Matt, you're the, you're you're definitely a historian, Matt. Did you know that in Jason Tatum's game six performance in the fourth quarter, that he scored more points in that quarter than Embiid did from the top of the fourth quarter through the entirety of game seven? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a team game, Swipa, and, you know, it can't just be Harden and Joel. It's got to be all five players is what I heard today. So it's important to note that. You know what, though? All all over. Like I said, line of demarcation. Hey, we're look, not doing – I'll tell you what we're look, not doing. Look, we're not look. doing this conversation next year, and yeah. I mean that sincerely. A lot of people kept thinking with Yoke, you know, if he flames out in the playoffs, we're not doing this again. The irony is – Embiid might average 40 next year, and it's not going to matter. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be impressive. He's an impressive player still, but it's always – that now hangs over his head, in my opinion, like until he gets beyond the second round. Like it just becomes a thing where it's like, good job. We don't it's care. The, yeah. It's the Atlanta Hawks with Josh Smith. No, I mean, look, who he is. We're, we're saying this now, but like Yoke's going up against – I don't know. Adam, is this the toughest matchup you think that he's – had outside of the 2020 series? Has there ever been a tougher matchup than this that he's facing the playoffs? I, well, I mean, yes. Shorthanded Jokic versus the Suns is a, and Warriors, both like impossible matchups. I mean, just like a one-on-one matchup. Yeah, I mean, to, but to me, it doesn't make sense to say that because they're going to be lined up against each other. But the, suffice it to say, though, I do think, as we get into this now, I think it's going to be a great series, and I think it's going to be a tough matchup. And if I really feel spicy... This might be the toughest matchup they can face in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Why, but where you want to well, start? Yeah, um, great. You know, um, definitely appreciate your all sincere comments. It's been fun. Um, but let's go ahead and tap into the Denver Nuggets versus the Los Angeles Lakers Western Conference Finals. So, y'all, do you have any main takeaways that you have as we get ready for this series from the Sun series? Because obviously they got them out in six. They were able to put 30 on them by halftime in game six in Phoenix. Are there any takeaways you have from that series as you get ready for this one? I think my lasting one is that no matter what the situation was, the Nuggets had an answer. Hmm. Whether it was the Suns going off and and having great offensive games, great offensive performances that the Nuggets were able to overcome, or if it was a defensive game where where neither team could really score and and you had different guys stepping up, whether it was KCP or, or Jokic or Bruce Brown or... Aaron Gordon just stepping up to the plate. I I think that this team showed their well-roundedness much more in that series than they did in Minnesota. And I think that that's that's an exciting aspect of it uh, as Adam disappears on us. There he is. Hello. I was a little hot. I was a little hot. All right, Matt, what about you? Any takeaways from the Sun series? Yeah, I got two. Um, I think – the first one is that I think that they're the Nuggets are getting better. And you say, like, don't you have to get better as the playoffs go on? No, no, that's not accurate. Like, you can actually get worse. You can win a first-round series in, like, five and then face a tougher team, but you just either another guy gets injured or you just have enough and you start off so hot that you're able to do that. But even though you got worse, you were able to win, like, a game six to avoid a game seven. That doesn't always happen. And the Nuggets, I think, definitely got better from game one of the Wolves series through game six of the Sun Series, they got better. They learned more about themselves. They learned more about how to play together. They learned more about not falling into certain traps. Um, I think Jamal Murray in particular, I think this was a real growth series from him in 
recognizing I don't on this team, I don't have to be what I was two years ago. I'm not going to use the words, the name, but like, he doesn't have to be that he can be like, no, no. Like I will have a game where I can go off for 40. I can have a game where I have nine assists. I can have a game where I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit quieter, but I contribute to more of the team success. He doesn't have to be any one certain thing. That's how the team is constructed that everybody can, depending on what they need, they've got what they need to contribute. And the other thing, Honestly, for me, the biggest thing is the seriousness with which they've approached the playoffs through two rounds is significant to me that I think I don't like they struggled in games three and four. And as Adam and I've talked about a lot, like they still could have won those those games, like Mm -hmm. being at those games, their level of aggressiveness was not necessarily that high. But I'm not going to like ding them for that because so many teams on the road in three and four, that's natural and normal. And what happens to everybody, I don't expect them to be exceptional in those regards and it still took booker's incredible performance in three and four to beat them and then in game six on the road like that was like such a huge test like okay you got a chance for an elimination on the road and they came in with like with in you don't agree adam like i think they came in with intent and play the right way brought it to them and ended that game by halftime i mean it was a great performance but i just to me i i was I kind of thought that's how that game was going to go, to be honest with you. And what I would say for takeaways, I do, I agree with your Murray point, by the way. I think that's a great point. To me, Jamal Murray won them three games. Game one for being playoff Murray, you know, for being that caliber. And then games five and six for not trying to be playoff Murray in a weird way. He mixed that in perfectly with the, the scoring, with the facilitate. Like he picked his spots perfectly. And – I do think he's going to have to pick his spots more in this upcoming series. And the further you go, the more you need your best players to be able to be spectacular in pockets. But you can't get fooled by that. You can't you can't be lured into overdoing that. And so I think that was one lesson. I don't want to say Murray learned that one for certain, but he certainly learned it in that series, which makes me more hopeful that he will find the right balance in this series against the Lakers. And then number two, Aaron Gordon had a really tough assignment in Kevin Durant. That, to me, I have more confidence in Aaron Gordon now than I think ever before because of how well he did in that one. It's a complete – he went to Carlton Towns, then he went to Kevin Durant. Two very different assignments, did an A-plus job in both of them. <laughs> Congrats, you get LeBron now. So it's, in some ways, maybe his toughest matchup, probably his toughest matchup yet. And I just am a little bit more hopeful than I was two weeks ago that they would get done. And then lastly, I'll say this. They did get two great performances on the road from Devin Booker, and that's why they're in it. Thank God. There's a real world where we are on day eight of the Nuggets being off right now. And I just, it would have felt so weird if they would have gotten a sweep. And I, I don't think it would have been good. I think the Nuggets needed to go through three, four, five, and six of that series to get to where they are. Right. Yeah. I'll say that the first thing for me is the defense. I think that KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, and Aaron Gordon showed something very real. They started it in the Minnesota series, but you knew you needed to see it at a different level versus KD and versus Book. And again, incredible shot making game three and four from Booker. He had 47 points on 20 of 25 shooting. Then he had 36 points on 14 of 18 shooting. And again, contested two shooting an incredible efficiency from mid range. But then as the series wore on, the Nuggets were able to keep up that intensity. And on the other side of this, they were able to get him in tough spots. And then he started missing some of those shots. So the defense was very impressive. And then finally, I'll just say it. Uh, Nikola Jokic is the third player ever to average triple-double 
in a series. And he's the only player to win. And I think that Jokic has reached a level at this point in time where I'm just like, I don't, I, there's levels for him to get to in this playoff run. And I don't know right now, and we'll talk about this later, if Nikola Jokic is solvable currently as constructed where he is. I like, we're going to, I'll tell you what, I like those takes. We're going to find out though. And I will say another thing, but we'll get to the defense here in a bit. I'm sure you'll, you'll take us there, but that's one with me that I am still TBD, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about it. Folks, want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports. Baseball is back and the push for the postseason is on for hockey and for hoops. Make it all count this spring with Superbook. They are the best wagering sports app around with a direct line to experience bookmakers behind the counter in Las Vegas. Plus, get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. Don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Well, we have the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, they were able to get done with the Golden State Warriors 4-2. They got done with the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round 4-2. They're the number one defense right now in the NBA playoff with a 107.4, I think, defensive rating right now. Anthony Davis has been spectacular. So as you all think about the LA Lakers, what challenges do you think that they present? And what do you think the advantages they have currently on their roster? I think one of the one of the things that stands out to me is just how unpredictable they are from a rotation standpoint. You don't really know what you're going to get night to night from them yet. They're still trying to figure it out themselves. And uh, you're going to get LeBron and AD, but it could be Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, or it could be Dennis Schroeder, or it could be Lonnie Walker, or it could be Rui Hashimura, or, or Jared Vanderbilt, guys like that. I, I think they're going to have a lot of different optionality in, in this series, and then they're going to be looking and, and trying to figure out different solutions. But if the only two guys that really have to be on the court for them are LeBron and AD, then they're going to have a little bit of flexibility that they can that they can throw at Denver, and that to me gives them it gives them an advantage at least early on in terms of hey, we don't know what to expect from you guys if you're going to hit a counterpunch or if you're, if you're going to hit with a, something surprising that the Nuggets don't really know, that they don't really are, aren't really expecting, then it would not surprise me if that took Denver by surprise early on in the series, which is why I just think the first two games of the series are so important. I agree that the first two games are really important. In fact, I'm trying to look at it. The, the Lakers won game one of both series, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, they won both game, game one of one, and Denver won both game of game one, uh, game ones of both series. I think game one is a uniquely important game in this series. I mean, the the Lakers have been very inconsistent in this playoffs, and I think that's an effort consistency from their main guys. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The gap between Anthony Davis's best game and worst game in the playoffs is pretty wide. Now he's been really good more than he has been bad, but my point is their mo in this playoffs so far has been the split on the road to start, win the home games, and then close it out in the final three. And if you look at the schedule going Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's there's no rest there. I don't know that the Lakers at this stage have the 
ability, LeBron and Anthony Davis in particular, have the ability to go hard in all three of those games to the same level that you need and the same level of urgency. So if you win game one, I think game two would put them in a spot of, yeah, we need to get that one a little bit more than usual. We need to get that one. And so you make them play hard in both games that even if they split and they end up winning game two, well, now you have short rest going into game three where Denver can kind of steal back a game if they have to. So game one to me feels really extremely important. But when you ask about the Lakers in general, I think they're completely different than either of the first two teams they saw that Denver faced. Completely different. And the defense, Denver's defense has been great in this playoffs. Not just good, but great. I think it's going to get tested in a wholly different way against the Lakers. And my overarching, we'll get to the specifics, but my overarching thing, I've got a lot of respect for the Lakers after really digging into them over the weekend and watching some games and trying to figure out some of their things. I think Denver is going to score on them a little bit easier than people think. And I think the Lakers are going to score on Denver easier than people think. I think people kind of anticipate Denver's defense. Oh, well, look how good it was. They're going to, sh- I think that this is going to be a challenge for Denver's defense. I think where I wind up is um, there's a handful of guys that I'm really worried about. Um, Austin Reeves is actually one that really jumps off the table for me. Like I'm really worried about an Austin Reeves series, particularly in the bench minutes. Um, they can stagger to, to change some of that, but Reeves presents a couple of individual problems. I think that are going to be issues uh, for the Denver bench in those minutes without Jokic um, and in the minutes with Jokic, quite honestly, you know, Davis is obviously like surprise. Anthony Davis is a big deal. If Davis is hitting jumpers, then the, the Lakers are going to win a lot of nights. That's a huge deal is that it's such a bellwether for them is whether or not his jumper is, is working. It's not a long mid ranger. It's a short jumper off the pick and roll. That's where he wants to get to. And the Nuggets' ability to contest that. And honestly, some of this is just like you're going to have to live with it. Now, the Nuggets have a higher bar here because they can honestly score a lot, a lot easier than the Warriors can. Like their offensive floor is just way, way, way higher. I don't know how much I agree. Like I'll be interested to hear what Adam says about the offense. This offense is still very mediocre. Um, they just is. Like the Lakers' offense is extremely mediocre. It was mediocre in the regular season. And then like kind of what's happened is like, oh, but look at the, like they beat the Warriors. Well, okay. That Warriors offense was mid all year. It was very under underwhelming all year. Uh, this is one of the things I think is really fascinating is like trying to compare the two resumes in the playoffs so far. Is like the Grizzlies without Adams, without Clark, that specific combo with where the Grizzlies were at with such a bad half court offensive team, and then a Warriors team that quite honestly just like they their legs were shot from a seven game series. They weren't a great offensive team all year. And then Clay Thompson has an absolutely wretched series in part because of the legs. Like I, it's definitely true that neither of these teams, and this is how it should be, right? It's like you're in the conference finals. This should be the toughest matchup that you've had, right? It wasn't honestly last year for the Warriors. It's like they got past their tougher stuff earlier. And then they faced the Mavericks who were not on their level. But like, this is like the, this team with the Lakers is at least tougher than the Suns. And this Nuggets team is way better than the other two teams that the Lakers have faced. Like just, no question. So I'm interested to see kind of how um, it shakes out. I think there are specific defensive matchups I am kind of worried about. And there's a couple of ways that I'm really curious of how is Denver going to be able to target specific guys to take advantage of their weaknesses? They need to. They need to do that. If they can do that, they'll be in good shape in the series. But that's a big if because the Lakers are very good about avoiding those problems for those players. The, the thing I just want to chop in here, this is what I think about the defense is – 
you know, first of all, Minnesota's offense wasn't very good. They have two bigs. It was easy to kind of clog the paint. Even Nikhil Alexander-Walker made everything, but Denver didn't care. They still shaded off of them. And then in Phoenix, obviously, we all know as well publicized, Denver was trapping the ball and trusting their rotations and trusting that their role players weren't going to be able to make enough shots. It was a very good strategy, and Denver was locked into that strategy for the most part. They they did it. They executed it at a very high level. The Lakers have a lot of guys that can run pick and roll. They have a lot of guys that can ISO, and they love to ISO. They love to even if they don't show up on synergy as ISOs, they love to get a matchup they like and kind of attack it. And then two, three. They're all comfortable. I shouldn't say all. Most are comfortable playmaking off of the swing, which is different from we got to skip it to Landry Shamit in the corner and everybody just kind of knows we're getting the ball to there and can we beat Denver on rotation. Instead, it's Schroeder catches on the wing and attacks a hard closeout. Uh, Austin Reeves attacks a hard closeout. D'Angelo Russell can shoot or attack or do different things. So they have guys that if Denver's plan is to try to trap I think they're going to be better at breaking it down in a way that leads to fouls and leads to points in the paint, which is more consistent than three-point variance. And so I think that'll be a real challenge. And then Denver, as a result, might be forced into playing a little bit more one-on-one. We've all talked about how impressed we are with Michael Porter and his defense in the series. Well, as much as I 100% agree, he wasn't tested one-on-one as much as people think. He just made good rotations and he did good things. He did all executed the game plan. I think there's going to be more times in this series where he's just out on D'Angelo Russell or Reeves or Schroeder or LeBron where it's, we can't send help right now. You're going to have to funnel him this way, but we're, you're just going to have to guard well enough that we don't get completely collapsed. Yeah. So some of my initial thoughts, Adam, you talked about it. They have four pick and roll ball handlers. They have LeBron James, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and they have Dennis Schroeder. Most teams don't have more than two. That By the way, all play. different, completely mm-hmm. different in how they attack. Right. And Reeves is, uh, as you probably have seen on the games and on Twitter, he is very good at drawing some of those ticky-tack fouls coming off of that screen, getting downhill. He's great at foul baiting. But again, that's something he learned. He incorporated into his game. It's changed the way he's able to play offensively. D'Lo, Schroeder, they're all different. Then obviously you have LeBron. So that's going to be something that I think the Nuggets are really going to have to decide. Now, last series, they ended up playing drop versus Chris Paul and Cameron Payne. They were trapping on Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I think we're going to see some of that where they're going to have different coverages for different players, just depending on what happens, but we'll have to find out. Uh, and then one of my other takeaways is they are able to reach a level defensively that no other team so far in the NBA playoffs can get to. But I think the offenses they played have allowed them to do that. So I agree, that's I agree with both of those. That's what I'm curious to see. Like, Anthony Davis is the fulcrum of why they're able to do that. But Anthony Davis has played against Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr., Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. So when you put Nikola Jokic into that action, specifically, he's able to guard pick and roll really well between him and the ball handler and him and the roll man. Like, is he able to do that same thing with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic or KCP on a, on a, on a DHO, any of those actions that they get? So I'm really curious about all that. So as you look at, the Lakers defense, as we already started talking about, how do you feel? And then Matt, please feel free to start here. How do you feel that the Denver Nuggets are going to be able to attack them? And what do you think they can do to be successful versus the Lakers defense? I think this is a dribble handoff series. I think this is uh, an opportunity for them to get the first step one is play Delo off the floor. Like that to me is step one. It's something that the Warriors never did. The Warriors never were able to get Delo off the floor. That's crazy. Like that's such a monumental failure of like what the Warriors have always been. 
you should be able to put D'Lo in actions constantly to be able to mess with him defensively and be able to create separation. Um, they collapse a lot whenever, if you run DHO, they will bring extra help in. Davis is awesome at making plays at the rim, but he does it because they have help defenders funneling to him. And so a lot of this is going to be, whether it's Jamal Murray, KCP, whoever, you're going to need to make extra passes if you drive Bruce Brown in particular in this action whenever he's on the floor with Jokic. You're going to need to kick to the corner because they're going to leave that open. They'll contest it with active hands. But if you can make that rotation, now you've got the, got the Lakers in rotation. Um, bringing Jokic out, he's going to have to hit his jumpers in the series. Like We know that the jumper has been liquid fire during the playoffs. He's been incredible. We also know that the wrist has been like a little bit of an issue throughout the season for him. Maybe he's completely past it. But like those shots, I think, are going to be really pivotal. Joker's going to have to be Davis a, Davis a little bit one-on-one to apply some pressure. The Lakers, like any, like most of the great defenses, if you apply pressure at their strength points, they start to rattle and break down. They're not invulnerable if you can get them out of what they want to do. But you're going to have to apply that pressure with them. And one of the biggest ways that they can do that is by hitting those shots. Three-pointers, like the the Warriors chucked them because they were absolutely just super intimidated by Davis's presence inside. They couldn't get any of the cuts that they wanted. They they tried throughout the series to drag Davis out. Curry couldn't beat Davis on exterior possessions. That's a problem. There's all these kind of sequences. I have concerns about the Nuggets who have gone really a lot to points in the paint in these playoffs. They were such a great three-point shooting team throughout the regular season, but they've gone a lot to points in the paint. You're going to have to punish them from the from the outside. KCP, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, you're going to have to make threes. You have to be able to exert that pressure without falling in love with just chucking them up the way that the Warriors did. The Warriors' game plan in that series was terrible. And a lot of that is credit to the Lakers' defense for basically making it to where they felt like they had no other choice. But Denver's going to have to stick the process to be like, eventually, it's difficult, but we will create a high-quality shot and be able to convert. And you got to convert those once you get them, get the opportunity. One of the things that really stands out, just perusing the numbers here on what the Lakers have done, what the Nuggets have done, Lakers allow, uh, right now so far in these playoffs, they've allowed the most wide open threes per game. Uh, Opponents aren't shooting that well on those, particularly because against the Grizzlies and and some of these other teams, they're allowing a lot of these guys to shoot. Denver has a couple of guys in their rotation that I think the Lakers are going to live with shooting. It's going to be Christian Brown. It's going to be Jeff Green. Bruce Brown, they they will dare Bruce Brown to beat them for sure. Uh, they'll de- they'll dare Aaron Gordon. Like that's that's going to be LeBron sacking off of Aaron Gordon a lot in this series in order to clog the rest of those actions in the paint. Might be, have might be Anthony those. Davis sagging off him though, Ryan. Might be Anthony Davis, which would be the real killer. That is the interesting one where uh, there's been a lot of folks talking about. Okay, if you've got this amazing rim protector, you've got this amazing rover. Do you get you take that guy off of Jokic and do you put him on Aaron Gordon and allow him to roam? That makes Denver a little bit more dangerous in the one-on-one, but it might it, it's bogged down Denver in the past. One thing I will say is that the Wolves tried that very early on in the first round with Kyle Anderson, along with Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns out there, and Jokic punished that. He punished that to death, and and they stopped doing it later on in that series because they they just could not handle it. Uh, that's that's going to be something that Jokic has to do. Like he, he has to break that coverage, whether it's Rui Hachimura, whether it's Jared Vanderbilt, whether it's LeBron trying to check Jokic while Davis is roaming off. You can't let them get away with that because if they do, then it's going to bog everything else down. Mm. 
Yeah, I think athleticism is a difference between Minnesota and the Lakers, um, especially from their top guys. I know they're older, but I think I, I'm not convinced. That, I, I'm with you that I think Denver is going to be able to beat that coverage. I think Anthony Davis is going to be one of the pivot points in this series is how much can the Nuggets force Davis to guard Jokic? Because I think Jokic can, one, beat him one-on-one. This is going to be a huge part of this. But I think, and look, I could be wrong about this. I don't want to go like – this is like in some way now that it beads out, this is like the final boss for Jokic. He's kind of overcome any player that has ever given him even a little bit of, of trouble. I actually think he has handled Davis better than maybe most people remember. We've always talked about Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee being able to throw a second guy at him is really what helped. Nonetheless, I think Denver needs to lure Anthony Davis to guarding him because I think he'll grab a lot of fouls. I think he'll score on him anyway, just from being way stronger, way, way bigger, and also just wearing him down over time. But also, to your guys' point, Yoke doesn't have to play inside. If it's if Anthony Davis is doing well, bring him outside. And now, all of a sudden, that defense that you're talking about, I'm not trying to say it's a house of cards because I think it's, they have good defenders, but there is a keystone to it all. Yes. There is yes. a place. A house of cards is like it's not real. It's all flimsy. I don't think it's flimsy. It's just that there is one piece that kind of props up and makes it all possible. And if you can take that guy out from foul trouble, from exhaustion, or from just luring him out onto the perimeter – then you have something there. So uh, to me, it's a huge pivot point is forcing Davis to guard Jokic, knowing that that is a Denver advantage. How do they do that if they start with Vando on him in the, in the small ball front with AD on the backside? So, Go for it. So what's interesting about this, I have talked to a couple people that have kind of covered the Lakers team. I don't know if this is going to be a Vando series, Matt. But the, but the reason I don't know is because he – if his task is to guard Jamal Murray and then Nuggets are running around a pick and roll, Bando is not good at coming off of that action, especially when he's trying to trail with Jamal. So I think he might start the series, but here's the thing. If, if Bando is guarding Jokic, I think that side differential is, is, is pretty big. I mean, Bando is about six foot seven, but even in that, in that action, say if they're running a pick and roll, I think that even if, if AD is there, AD is still going to have to come up and press because Bando is going to have to play it just depends, it depends on how they play, but they're going to have to be able to get two on ball versus Jamal Murray more often than not if Bando's playing in that action. So I think even in that instance, I do think that the Nuggets can attack that specifically. And again, it depends on how they want to angle Michael Porter Jr. or KTP on the court. But even with that, I do think there are some advantages they can create based on how the Lakers have played that throughout the playoff but based on how the Nuggets can also lay the floor out. Hmm. One other thing is that I do think that like the above the break threes are so important because I mean, Davis is going to drop like he's it's, we've talked about this with Jokic specifically, but it could be the other guys too. Like they're, they're going to play a lot of drop coverage. It's going to have to be Murray coming off of screens at times and, and just being ready to pull up in the face of that. Because if, if Murray's able to drag Davis away from the rim, it's going to cause them and put him in rotation and take their best rim protector away from the rim anyway. So it, it's got to start with that. Like if, if, they can win at the point of attack like that, where it's uh, it's getting somebody downhill free. Then it's going to open up a lot of these rotations. That that's that's the Lakers do struggle with that, especially with the lack of size that they have everywhere else. Adam, do you think it's a Vando series? No, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers looked like the Suns in this one, and that they try a lot of guys early on. And find the ones that work. I mean, again, they've done this. First of all, it's not a Denver thing. They've done this in every series. They've thrown a lot of guys out there. The only guys I think are a lock for the Lakers, LeBron and AD, Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, and probably 
Schroeder. I think like those guys are all guys that I think are locks. Rui, I think, is probably as close to a lock as you get in that next group. And then all the other guys are a little bit of, um, let's just see what's needed. And I I imagine they'll tinker a little bit. Vando, (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of people would just look at it and say, Wendon Gabriel, uh, Mo Bamba, like they have a center. We got to throw them out. I think they're, if you ask me the things that are most concerning, if Rui can do it, Rui on Jokic. If LeBron can do it, LeBron on Jokic. Trying to put those guys there and, and to see what you can get. You can't do that your whole game, but is that like their clutch time? solve you know Denver's got to break it to where they can't they can't do that in the clutch they can't go there um but if you told like Vanderbilt and those other bigs to me I I, I mean that, that would be the easiest matchup Yokes faced if, if you can get Anthony Davis out of the picture Draymond talked about how and Adam I know you disagree with the with the notion of making Yoke just score one-on-one um but Draymond kind of talked about that being like a real key with Denver and so I kind of wonder if they're going to play Vando I thought he said the opposite. I listened to it, and I thought he said the opposite. Okay. What do you, think you don't want to make Jokic a score. <laughs> Which, I mean, uh, I'm just telling you, I've heard everybody say everything, but I, when I was listening to his last night, I was kind of – I was surprised to hear him say it, but maybe I heard it wrong. Yeah, maybe. I have to go back. I haven't checked it, so I saw a clip. Um, but my question here is more if Vando starts on Jokic and they're just like, yeah, he's going to get killed – but you've got AD as a, as a backside like that allows AD to play the backside rim protector and play off of Gordon. And you just ignore, and like you go, they go full in, not guard Aaron Gordon. Just the, like the, the thing is, is that yoke, if you're not good enough as the on ball guy, a la Kyle Anderson, if you're not good enough, yoke doesn't have to go to Anthony Davis. He can determine where on the, there's being able to score on you. And then there's being able to score exactly where and how I want to score on you. And I think it would be the latter for all those other guys. So Anthony Davis is over here. I'm going right block, right hook. Okay. Do you, do you think too, Matt? And I think maybe this is, I think that's why we'll talk about this a little in a little bit too, but I think the linchpin in all this is as much as the Lakers are going to try to dictate terms, I don't actually think they're going to be able to dictate terms for Joker. And I think that's the other side of this. So I think, but that to me, that's the series, right? Like that is it. Because even if you try to move Anthony Davis around to either be a free safety or be an on-ball defender, jo- Joker might just be at this point in time in his career good enough, physical enough, smart enough, and skilled enough that no matter what you do, I'm still going to get you to my spot. We talked about it before the series began, before the playoffs began. Proof of concept, right? Proof of concept. Proof of concept. Proof of concept. We're right back here again. If Anthony Davis is the best player, like this is a, a, a radical simpl- simplification, but I don't do this unless it's like it really is where all of the things that I'm trying to equate down go to. If Anthony Davis is the best player in the series, the Nuggets lose. If Nikola Jokic is the best player in the series, the Nuggets win. Like that's not about like heart and will and greatness. It's about if they bring Davis and Davis isn't able to slow down Joker and they're still doing the Nuggets offensive floor is so high. Like, it is so hard to stop this team because they constantly work. They're all really good. They all can shoot. They all can deliver. And quite frankly, on the other end, the Lakers are going to be able to generate stuff. And and I'm really interested to see why Adam, like, I get the pick and roll stuff, which is a problem. Like, you don't want to put two on ball versus D'Lo and leave, like, Anthony Davis rolling, right? But, like, is D'Lo going to beat the Nuggets? I don't think so. Maybe if he has like the series of his life. 
but it's going to have to be like LeBron hitting threes and Davis having being the best player in the series. Those are the ways that I think it's most likely to happen. And right now, too, uh, Ryan, just to read this off, uh, the Lakers currently all playoff team. They do have the ninth rated playoff team uh, in terms of offense. They have like a 113 offensive rating, which is just or 112 rather. That's just behind the 76ers, who obviously we just saw get beat. And that's just ahead of the Golden State Warriors. So, but again, a lot of that is their half court offense in particular has not been great. So, Adam, do you still foresee some of that being a challenge for the, the Denver Nuggets side of the ball on defense as well? I mean, yeah. So that what I said was I think that they will score on Denver better than people think, meaning I think mm-hmm. that you're, we're all going to look at the numbers and say, oh, what a terror. I don't think they can score with Denver, this or that. Most people, I think, would look at it the other way and say, Den- you know, the Lakers are a good defense. Denver's not going to score very much. They're going to really make that offense mm-hmm. work. And that's all I'm saying is I think Denver is going to have to work harder than they did against the Suns, but I still think Denver's going to find ways to carve them up. I just think that the Lakers will probably look better offensively in this series than they did against the Warriors and probably maybe even against Memphis. I mean, it's just those are good defenses, bad off, you know, bad offenses. So, um, so if we're looking at just the that end of the floor, the offensive end for them, it's more about having guys – if you think about Denver doubling Booker, the swing was basically if Landry Shamit hits the shot, he hurts you. If he doesn't, there's nothing else that's coming off of that. He's not driving to the basket, breaking a guy down, kicking it, swinging it, and making plays. Same for Josh Okoge and half the guys they threw out there. Even Campaign, who's like a point guard, he was mostly at does he make it or does he not make it. I think they have guys that are more – Denver has to play a half step behind in rotation, and those guys have the ability to make it a full step advantage on the other end off of a closeout attack. LeBron, obviously, and, and some of those guys. So to me, that's more what it's about. I don't think they're going to light the nets on fire with their offense, but I do think it's just such a different challenge, and Denver's going to find themselves just in more scenarios where they have to decide, maybe it's best if we just don't help Michael Porter right now on LeBron. Maybe it's best if we just see if we come up with a strategy of don't let him get comfortable threes, but don't let him get to the basket, most important of all. What do we think – what do we think LeBron James has for this series? Like I it's it's hard to it's hard to really go there in terms of knowing what the one of the greatest players of all time is actually going to end up doing, but I like he was very impressive in game six. I don't think he was extremely impressive in games one through five of that Golden State series. Like there there were some things that he did well, there are some things that he didn't. Uh the shooting is of course a struggle for him at this point, so unless unless he hits them. So where where are we at with how Denver guards LeBron and and what's going to happen like hypothetically if, if he gets those switches like Adam's talking about? Are you going to sell out to try to stop him? Or are you gonna just let him try to cook? I think it depends on the switch, right? Are you gonna sell out with Michael Porter? He's six ten. I think that's a concern that the Nuggets have. I think the Nuggets have a concern about like about what they're going to do in those situations. I think they will, I think they'll start in base coverage and we'll see how it goes. And if they have success, keep with it until it, until it demands a, a change. I think Jamal right away is one that you get a, you get a blitz and scram. That to me is one that you can't allow. Like, I just don't think you can allow legal allow Jamal to, to, to hang out on him. He'll, that, that will be bad. That, that will be all sorts of, of badness that that's not KD. That's not, like the Suns didn't have any of those weapons, right? So, kind of. I mean, 
what, what are we, what are we talking about here? Right is it in the post? Is it? Yes. Okay. I mean, Brian, if they score, if they score one point eight in the post, that's going to be necessitate a switch. I know that, like, I mean, I think they're going to help. Oh, to your point, I think they're going to help in spots. So yeah, yeah, the post is one they're going to help from. I think if it's when I picture out on an island, I'm more picturing like at the wing or at the top of the key mm-hmm. or something there than I am on the block or the or even yeah. the elbow. It's more to me about they do a very good job of getting the switches that they want from all of their guys, and that's the one where Denver's going to have to make early shot clock reads of, hey, are we helping out here? on the wing. And I just, to me, I think that even Jamal Murray, that's really tough, but part of me is going to think don't foul and wall off the paint. And let's see if LeBron with the ball in his hand, how many pull-up jumpers he can get, he can hit. I mean, to me, that's he, probably the best, the best bet. He's shooting 49% from the field and 26% from three through the playoffs so far. And he shoots early as well in the first half to see if he can get that jump shot going. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think um, you gotta, I think you gotta make him to, again, it's not, a, it's LeBron. But I do think early in the game, at least you got to see if you can make him a jump shooter. Sure, I just don't like. My question is, how do you make? How do you make like LeBron will choose to shoot some of those because he right. just chooses to shoot some of those. Right. I don't know that you can make him like if LeBron enters the series with like I am going to the rim. That's when I think the Nuggets are going to have problems. Like that's when I think like you know AG AG will defend him, but he'll pick up fouls, right? And MPJ will defend him, but probably pick up fouls. Like MPJ might do okay on him. Um, I have no idea what happens on the bench. Like Jeff Green will get annihilated. And I don't know if that's true. Honestly. I don't know either. Yeah. At this point. Where am I? What, what, <laughs> what parallel universe did I drop into where I'm, where I, I, here's, here's, here's the actual thing. Here's the actual number. Lakers right now with 80, with 80 off the court, according to clean the glass, 93.9 points per 100 possession yep. in the playoffs. Like they actually, they struggle without that downhill pick and roll threats who you can set screens, get that easy offense with when you're just switching everything and you're just playing shell and you're trying to avoid them getting into the paint. It's not the worst thing in the world, even if it's LeBron. I, I do feel that. And then that some of those non Jokic lineups, which will be LeBron on the court in the early second quarter, early fourth quarter, a lot of the time, non-Jokic minutes, Jeff Green at the four, AJ at the five. Like, I, I think that Denver's going to be okay switching a lot of those lineups. And, and yeah, they'll, they'll draw some fouls, but I, LeBron's also not a great free-throw shooter anyway. So it's, it's it could be worse. Matt, do you on a question, do you think LeBron right now is better than what you've seen so far from Kevin Durant or Anthony Edwards? He's not better than what I mean. I think you got to compare it to what playoffs, right? He's better than what KD was in that series. Like, there's I can't objectively say otherwise. Wow, 30, 30, 11, and five for for KD and and the pull up shooting and all that. But it was just like so much of it was grifting, grifting fouls, and it's not it's not playmaking. It's not making anybody else better. It's just not. And he doesn't like KD. We've talked about this. KD doesn't impact the game the same way. When LeBron is getting past you on spin moves to get to the rim and finishing and one. The mental impact of that is a lot greater than like, oh, KD had hit a jumper. Okay. Like, it just doesn't phase you the same well, he's way. He's averaging 23 points a game on bad efficiency and five assists a game, right? Okay. But again, I'm not I'm, – well, this, Let's disregard the note. No, no, no. I'm not saying LeBron. Back in my mind, I know who he is in 2020. I know I've watched yeah. his entire career. But at this point in time in his career, is he better than – more effective as a player offensively than KD was last year? So I, I think a lot of this, though, is like how he closed – what was a game – what game was it in the in the Warrior series where he was just like an absolute 
six. That was game six. He closed the game 39 There's another one early in the series where he was just like a destroyer of worlds down the stretch. And like, he still has those capacities and those are killer. Like to me, the impact of how LeBron is able to, the impact of how LeBron is going to make the game feel is going to be way different than what our numbers show. And like, I, I get it from the trust the numbers perspective. I think it's a lot different when he's starting to, when that stuff starts happening, how you respond to it is very big. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that if they, if they let that get to them, then they're probably not going to win the title. Like that's like this team, I think has shown that they're mentally tough though. They've, they've shown that even when Devin Booker shooting 80%, even when Kevin Durant is is doing what he's doing, like they can, they can get through those moments. And then I feel like they have shown that they can get through those moments. And while I do think in general that this Lakers team provides at least a, a different psychological advantage slash change than, than what these other teams have. It's it's not that dissimilar when everybody was saying that Denver was going to get killed in the pick and roll by the Suns team. I think they're entirely different, Matt. Like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you in that people are disregarding Denver and overlooking them. I just think the matchup is entirely different in terms of the way that they approach things. Like with the Suns, it's so much just like they make, they make low, like they make low percentage shots and they didn't like they didn't in that series book did, but like Chris was out after game two and didn't look good when he, when he was in there until right before he got hurt. And then Katie didn't like Katie put up those numbers again. It felt like to me, mostly on free throws, Adam, I'm really curious to use like you, like, cause you and I have talked a lot about LeBron and like, you were a LeBron guy for a long time. Like, I'm very curious as to your thoughts on like how this is going to go. Well, for me, the thing is, is you guys pointed it out already, but LeBron is not good every night. I mean, he's, I should say he's not great every night. He's very clearly game six was the most concerning game because he looked like old LeBron. He played a phenomenal game. And I think some of this was figuring out. I always say one of Denver's advantages is that Jokic just figures guys out. The deeper you go into a series, the more I think Jokic understands, okay, you've used all adjustments. We have a solve for everything. Now I'm going to maximize our opportunities. I think LeBron's a little bit that way as well. And so that's like, obviously, it's strength versus strength in that one way where you don't know that you're ever going to have the strategic upper hand to the degree you typically do with Jokic on your team. But to me, the thing about LeBron is, I've and I've always thought this, you can wear him out. And this is why I think LeBron looking at, hey, game one's, we got to win. I just, he gets the guys up. I honestly think it's because he looks at it and goes, I can't do this three games in a row. I got to go game one and game three, and then we yes. get a little break. And so that's why, to me, you have to absorb the LeBron punch, but you also have to make them work. I talked about this a lot in the Phoenix series. Playing ahead is different for guys, for teams like this that are so reliant on the brilliance of a few players. It's so important that you can wear them out. So number one, winning game one is huge. But number two, playing for ahead in the series and just being able to make them have to, nope, we have to come back out here. Third quarter, we didn't want to put Anthony Davis on LeBron till later in the game, but we're down 10. This thing's about to get out of control. LeBron has to guard now. He, he wanted to kind of take it off in the second quarter, but it's 12 points, and he has to come back in and play his ass off on defense just to make sure they don't lose control. To me, those are the pivot points because LeBron still is great. He's just not great in as, min- as much of a dose. Yeah, I think a lot of this is about, like, I agree with you. It's a matter of can the Nuggets win a game with his best punch? Because, like, he's going to have a couple of them. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's like the question here is like, I, there's going to be games where, where he's, where he's the lesser version of himself. And the only way the Lakers win those games is if the Nuggets play terrible offensively, in my opinion. Um, yeah. 
and like here's the thing i don't think that if lebron has an awesome offensive night at the same time that the nuggets have have a great offensive night the nuggets win that game the nuggets are going to win that game like the question is going to be about again adam you put this really well they have scripted how they're playing these series throw usually this is what's been really fascinating is usually lebron is the feel out game in game one right it's true but that's because he's always been a favorite outside of the warrior series right like he's always a favorite so it's like feel it out in game one can i get a sense for what's going on he actually hasn't won that many one major exception would be a 2018 game one finals yeah (laughs) arguably the best game i've ever watched we couldn't really feel that one out (laughs) um but he couldn't you're right he had to come out you're right right and, and so, guess what happened the rest of the series? They yeah. sucked. <laughs> so you throw everything out and you throw everything at them as hard as you can in game one, try and steal it. You you back off and you're just like, they're going to be us by 20. That's fine. We're going to rest in the second half of game two. And then you come back and you really you really push the envelope in, in three and four to try and get the 3-1 lead. And I don't think they can do that, but can they get it to 2-2? And now all of a sudden it's going back to Denver and it's like, this is a really tough series now. Like That's a lot of this is like, I guess I have that question. If this series goes long, does your confidence in Denver remain the same, get better or worse? Ryan, I'd really like to hear this from you because what I'm hearing from you is like a, a short series. Oh, all of this. Yeah. I'm, in all honesty, I feel like they can get back to Denver three, one in game five. I, I feel like they can do that. There's, there's no doubt in my mind actually that they can do that. Whether it will happen or not, like we'll, we'll just have to see. But I, this team has been unbelievable at home. They've, they've been fantastic. And, and I, I don't know what the home crowds are going to look like with the, the Lakers fans likely invading a little bit. That might change the, the calculus there a little. But if the Nuggets are going to be serious about winning a title, they got to win both of those two games. Like it's, it's, that's, that's what you have to do. And you can't put yourself into a position where, Tied one one going back to uh, L.A. and then and then you are working at a massive disadvantage there for the rest of the series. So now can they win one of those games three or four, even if they lose games one or two? Absolutely. But if it does end up going long, like like you say, I, I would probably favor the Lakers a little bit more just because. I think that LeBron and AD have been there. They understand what it takes. And, and just having different options like that is important. Like, And they've got all of these different rotation options that they may or may not be able to play, but kind of like the Evan Turner, Myers Leonard conundrum back in 2019, like you just need guys that you can throw out there that can change a series. Sorry, Matt, to reference that after they decided to flame you for it. Well, we might as well just get to the prediction now. Um, I think Matt is kind of leaning into it. But um, so I am kind of in the same boat as Brian. I have been hesitant to, to verbalize it, but I think a lot of this is I don't know if there's a more confident team in the NBA playoffs than the different Nuggets right now. But I don't think that's because of arrogance. I think that their level that they've been able to reach has just been it's been better than anyone else's level so far. And their floor has been higher than basically anyone else either. And even in their losses, they've still played relatively well. The other team just has spectacular games, and they lost. You had a 47th ball from Book. Anthony Edwards went off in game four, had that step back over AG. And then even in game four uh, with the Suns, 
Katie and Book went off for 72 points between them, and then you had 19 points in the fourth quarter from Landry Shamit. So I I think that the Nuggets win this game in six, win the series in six. I think that the Nuggets can win this in five. That's no disrespect to LeBron for all the Lakers fans. They're going to jump in this and say this and that. That's nothing to do with that. I, my, my real question with that, though, Matt, is I truly don't know where the offensive ceiling, where the offense is coming from, from the Lakers if the Nuggets are playing at the, at their highest peak. And if they solve the Anthony Davis equation and Jokic is able to break that from the start of the series throughout, that's everything they have. So I'm curious about that. But to your point, the Lakers could win this in seven. I fully see the Lakers being able to go into Denver, LeBron James being like, this is going to be my 11th trip to the finals. And if we get in the game seven format, he's going to try to outdo Jokic down the stretch. And LeBron's going to be able to turn into 2018 LeBron. It's going to give you a 51-8-8 eight eight performance. So I have three options, and I think I've been able to, to visualize, Matt, but I'm going to – I think that's the one I feel most comfortable comfortable with is probably Nuggets and Six. Uh, do you want to go next time or me too? Well, I want to just talk about a couple more battlegrounds that we didn't get to. One is going to be rebounding. Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. Denver, that's the strength of Denver's. Anthony Davis, you watch him, man. He's so long and so – good at grabbing offensive rebound. Obviously, Jared Vanderbilt is as well, and they've got guys that can crash and play hard and grab rebounds from the guard spots. I think both teams are good at offensive rebounding and have an advantage on the offensive rebounding side. Denver, I think, is more capable of being a good defensive team, but they have to keep them off the glass. Like the last series, I don't know that the Lakers can score enough in half-court offense. I think they're going to have to get a little bit of second-chance points, transition, turnovers. Like They're going to have to generate just enough of those to be able to get it. So rebounding to me is a huge, huge battleground. And this is why wearing Anthony Davis out is going to be a big part of it. And by the way, I think Denver's equipped to do it. Say what you will about Aaron Gordon and the match. Oh, they're going to let him shoot shots. Aaron Gordon will hit you every time down court. And Anthony Davis doesn't love, even though he's bigger, he doesn't love to have to box out every single time, have to, you know, just be hit every time down court, sprint every, all that kind of stuff. And Denver can make him work himself out. I put this on Twitter and I, Everything Lakers fans are so lame. I'm not talking to you, Lakers fans, on Twitter. If you guys, I mean, my tweets aren't for you. I put something out there that said Jokic is a better conditioned athlete. He needs to wear him down because he has better stamina and plays better through fatigue than Anthony Davis. You Lakers fans couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it, guys. Absolutely true that Jokic can wear him out, and it's a big part of the series. I think Jokic, you're going to see Jokic, especially in the moments he's guarding him. You're going to see Jokic sprinting nonstop, just saying, "Hey, keep up with me." Let's see if you can keep up with me this way. So Denver, I think that's another battleground is, is wearing them down, obviously, those spots. And then lastly, Jamal Murray. I mentioned it at the top of the show, but Yoke might have a tough matchup. We don't know yet. Is Anthony Davis going to guard him? Is it tough the way they choose to guard him? Murray, to me, is the guy that they don't have a stopper. They have good team defense, and they want to keep you out of the paint. This is a series where Murray, <laughs> Murray flurries are going to hit harder than ever. Because there is a world where when we talked about who's going to play, do we know who the guys are? There is a world where Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, you know, some of the different guys that they want to be able to play and have on the court are out there and they look like Landry Shannon in game one where Murray is just like one after the other after the other. So to me, Murray is at such an inflection point because once again, he needs to really make the Lakers doubt their offensive lineups, but he can't do it. He can't get fall too in love with it to where it starts to distract and, and take away. He's going to have to perfectly Adam, understand the moment. Can you imagine uh, game four, Jamal Murray series is 2-1. 
and he's playing for the Kendall Jenner in LA, the performance <laughs> you're going to get from Jamal Murray. Look, man, I don't know anything about it. <laughs> He'd be the best player of all time. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I think I, I think that's a good point, and I, I think that the, there's there's another point regarding MPJ here where. You, you have like if, if the Lakers are going to try to go small, if they try to play three guards and then LeBron at the four and AD at the five, then Porter's just got to like he's got to be able to shoot over guys, beast in the paint. If Jokic is on the perimeter, that means AD's on the perimeter, and that means that MPJ's got to cut. Like that's that's just how it's got to be. And and if he is able to step into that role, not all the time, but just throughout the game where when the team has an advantage and they decide, hey, we've got Schroeder on Michael Porter Jr., let's try to get the six foot ten guy a, a touch in the paint, then that they'll be able to do that because of where Jokic is at and because of where AD is going to be at on those plays. I, I do think that there's there's a lot to like about what the Nuggets and the the pressure points that they can put on to this Lakers defense that has been elite. I do think that they're like they they have avenues where they can blow out the Lakers in in some of these games. And they've already been blown out in every series as well. These one time too, so they obviously have a really small all low floor. This is going to sound. That's worried about my reverse jinxing, man. Matt, this is going to sound incendiary, but I'm kind of curious what you think of it because again, I have a lot of respect for for LeBron, obviously, and I do think that this Lakers team is a little bit. I hate that they're a little bit better than they should be, given that they're a play in team and. I just don't think they've done anything right in their construction, like meaningfully right, but they got Anthony Davis and LeBron James and then whatever. But LeBron's teams, when they have lost, which is rare, he has a lot of playoff wins and very few playoff losses, the, they've let go of the rope more than most teams. You think about he had the best game one I've ever seen in 2018. They lose. rest of the series kind of goes quick. You think about against Dallas – Lost control of the rope in that one. You even think about 2014, the Spurs. That six, though. What's that? That one still went six, though. Which one? 2011. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. My point was that this wasn't like we. You asked about whether it's easier later or earlier, or you know what have you. Le- LeBron in 2014, they had a rally back. Well, here we go. Let's let's try to rally back. They still ended that series quickly. So my and then you even even look at about against the Suns a couple years back. Anthony Davis gets hurt. They go up in that series. But once it was like the tide turned, it yes. turns fully. And that's my point is once the tide turns historically, it has turned wholly with LeBron. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Denver, it's going to be hard to do. But I do think there's a scenario where if you do get up 2-1 and you build a good lead in a game four, that there is a chance for you to put them in panic mode and maybe even wrap the thing up. And so to me, that that's just something I kind of keep in mind as I'm, as I'm calibrating all the different ways this could go. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a scenario where the Lakers steal game one and it's like, oh, Nuggets are frauds. And then they come back and they win game two and it's like, oh, but the Lakers are doing exactly what they did. And then it's then like the series turns in game four. And or even LeBron, game three. Yeah, and then LeBron realizes like, uh, oh, crap. Like, man, we don't have it. Like getting to those kind of, but I think in the <laughs> but I will say if you're going to feel confident in that, you have to feel confident in Michael Malone. I do I think do. that this is a real. I think this is a tough series for Michael Malone, who's been fantastic in this playoffs. Like I don't have any complaints about him; he's been fantastic. But I do think that this is one. They have basic. We always say this, man. My, Michael Malone is bad at adjusting in real time. Two series, eight man rotation, almost no changes. They've been micro to changes, micro changes. 
don't know what you're this talking is about. One... Peyton Watson played in both game six and game and both game five and game six. But this is one where I, I suspect that bigger moves I, I suspect that the biggest adjustments Denver makes might come in this round. And again, he might be ready for him. I'm just to this point, the Nuggets haven't had to adjust too much. They haven't adjusted personnel at all, and they've only adjusted strategy in like these little ways. Um why don't you go ahead and give your prediction? Man, I'm always a little bit more cautious on these things. I'm going to go Nuggets in seven. I would love to say Nuggets in five, which I think are the two options I most want to lean towards. I just LeBron is so tough, man. I just have too much respect for LeBron and and what he does to to pretend that Denver's going to just you know just wax him. I will say that if this was the New Orleans Pelicans. LeBron's given you right now in the playoffs about 24, 9, and 5. So that's Brandon Ingram numbers. If you just told me the Pelicans with Brandon Ingram in that spot or whatever, I think people would be like Nuggets in 5, Nuggets in 4, one of those two. The history, the Lakers, and the history all play into this in a way that I think makes it hard for us all to calibrate. So Denver could absolutely lose this one. I think there's a reason the Lakers have two upsets under their belt en route to the Mm -hmm. conference finals. But I think this is the toughest team they will have faced as well. And I just think that Jokic is ready for the challenge that is Anthony Davis in a way that I I'm, I am optimistic that we're going to get halfway through the series and be at the same point we were against Aiton. There's no answer. It's just a matter of time now before this thing wraps up. I, I knock on wood. I, I think we get there. Then you need to switch it to six because taking it in That's seven. That's on the road though. I, this is the taking it in seven though. Here's what here's, here's what you're saying with with it going seven. You're saying that it's a coin flip series and it could go either way depending on shot variance. As long as your best player doesn't completely wet the bed in a game seven, as long as he doesn't completely no-show and totally fail an entire 10-year process leading up to one key moment versus a 35-year-old man, then it's totally like, so you should go the other I'll, way. I'll go Nuggets in five then. I'll say Nuggets in five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just because the six, the six part of it, the six part to me is the part that's so tough. Just again, like the rhythm of yeah. the series to go back there. The one thing I will say though is my skepticism with the Lakers all season long has been more about can LeBron and Anthony Davis play the amount of minutes that is required for them to go here? And if they do go to a six or a seven, there's only one day off between every single game. Every single one. I don't think they can play hard that way. And even if they do steal one of these first two home ones, if they steal game one, that best prepares them to get through the series. If Denver wins game one, I just think they run out of steam. It's it's a lot. Denver can make you – Jokic is so physical. This is the difference when people think about all these guys. Jokic is exhausting to play against. And I just look at Anthony Davis and think, one day off between every game and you're going to have to go wrestle Jokic. That's what you – Guarding Jokic is to wrestle him. He's going to have to go wrestle Jokic for 48 minutes, and I just I think they run out of steam. Um, I want to I want to congratulate everyone here for giving. This is going to get shared all over. Like you, you guys, I pre- I appreciate you guys just leaning into it, me and like light my mentions on. Like you don't care, Adam, but like light my mentions on fire. We have two Nuggets in five predictions. Hey, against hey, the Los Angeles Lakers. I love it. It's dude. Great. I'm telling you, the Lakers fans, because I don't know why. When you're on a community, like when you go online, lonely males get funneled to either <laughs> Proud Boys or like Lakers because that's the community. You get I have you're some other sites you wind up on if you if you're if you're. It doesn't matter. I don't care. So it's really it's the victimhood from positions of power. You know that's the common thread there. So all these mm-hmm. Lakers fans that are in this chat watching it, first of all, thanks for the views, I guess. But second of all, it's one of those things where it's why are you here? 
Why are you? But they don't understand it. I'm telling you, my mentions are just not. I'm not even saying anything about the Lakers. I'm just giving my perspective hey, on the Nuggets. And I get, cool. I get very specifically people that are like, "Your analysis is terrible. Why do you do your job?" And I'm like, "Why are you following me?" It's well, like it's I'm not telling for you, you. It's this, not for you. And again, from the history standpoint, y'all, you have the 1985, 2009, 2020. The Nuggets are 0 and 3 versus them. 0 and 3 versus the Lakers. I think in the in the Western Conference Finals. It's 0 and 3. It's 0 and 3. Correct, Rob? Matt. Uh, 0-3, they lost 0-3. in 85, 2009, and 2020. Um, right. The Lakers have 17 championships. How many championships did the Denver Nuggets have? They got Zippo. This is a Star Wars reference, the Empire and Darth Vader versus Anakin versus Luke Skywalker and the Rebellion. That's the big and, guy that breathes heavy, Adam. Right. <laughs> Star Wars, I know. Star Wars, I know. <laughs> and this is I was a I, kid. It was a movie made for kids, and when I was a kid, I watched it. That was the difference. <laughs> the, and Adam, I, I need to ask you this too. Do you think there's more hesitancy from the, the Nuggets fan base and maybe even the, and the media side than the players when it comes to this series? What do you mean? Like the history. Like I feel like it's a lot of the, a lot of the, the nervousness around it is mostly on the fan side. Who the, the history? It's Thirty years plus of this. As opposed to the players, they seem like they're extremely confident. The, the thing I'll credit the Lakers for is that they have built a culture. I mean, a lot of this just has to do with they live in Hollywood. But they built a culture in history, especially from Dr. Buss. Tip my hat to him. But he built this idea of, like, you're a Laker. You are part of this through line that connects the very earliest parts of the NBA to today. The Nuggets don't have that. So I don't think Jokic feels connected to Alex English and David Thompson in any way. I don't think he feels connected to you or I in any way, sadly, that it is what it is. But that, so, so to me, no, Yoke looks at this as Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and me with KCP and Aaron Gore. Like, it's just, that's the team. Whereas I do think LeBron and those guys probably feel a little bit more connected to the idea of the ones that came before us did this in this jersey and we have, we have to do it here. Uh, I'm going to go Nuggets and six. Uh, I think. If you're going to break it, you need to break it on the road. Uh, I think Nuggets in five is bold. And the like, we we made, I want to credit you all for making it through this entire episode. You're going to lose a game to fouls. <laughs> like, you're going to lose. I just don't want to talk about it. I just don't want to talk about yeah, it. We do two segments on the officiating. Yeah, like, we, it's it's going to happen. It's like, going to happen gonna, at some point. You got to bake that in. Uh, the Nuggets. I put this in going in, but Yokes only had three fouls in the playoffs at, before half twice. I think he did pick one up in against Minnesota this year, so now three times. But coming into the year, twice ever has he had three fouls going into the half, both Hasn't times against the Lakers, Lakers in the bubble. Hasn't like it, it, Yoke doesn't foul. It's part of why his analytics stand out on the defensive end, whether you agree with them or not. Part of why is that he rebounds like a monster and he does not foul. But in this series, yeah, you, you, I know how you feel about twenty twenty. Like, he didn't get, like, he just, and look, he's won two MVPs since then, so maybe he gets more respect. I think he's got to get more. And he's also just a better player. Looking back. He is a better player. Looking back at some of the clips, looking back at some of the the ways that he reacted in different situations, he is a better, more mature, physically talented, and mentally gifted player than when he was three years ago. And that's just... It's just a fact. None of this has to do with the pension for the Lakers. I have seen it throughout my life. It's not like this is a this isn't a LeBron thing. By the way, you asked about like how the players feel. I think the players do have a sense of like, oh shit, we gotta beat LeBron. I think there is yeah. that. 
I think that's an, I don't think Joker, Joker feels it. Cause I don't think like it could, it, it could be God himself and Joker be like tough matchup. Um, <laughs> but like, well, I don't think Joker grew up watching LeBron yeah. James in Serbia. So like, yeah, it's just so not it's like, the connection there. Yeah. I just, I don't think he cares, but I think the rest of them are very much like, Oh man, it's LeBron. I think there's a little bit of that. And I think, um, look, the players all have a, have a, have a huge respect, admiration and love for the Lakers. They're not, they're not just the most popular franchise in the country. They're the most popular franchise amongst NBA players. So like, I don't know what, like how that factors in. I don't think it does much at all, but it is a thing. I think I'm gonna take nuggets and six. They win the first two, uh, the Lakers in the next two, the nuggets win game five and it gets a game six. And it's like, this is definitely going seven. And then I think the second half is, is nuggets and I'll say nuggets and six. I think it's either going to be that or nuggets and five. Um, yeah, I just I just think that Denver's going to protect home court, and that really steps that, that really sets the table there for Ryan, the rest. Of the Ryan, what's the percentage chance the Lakers win the series? That the Lakers win this series? Yep. Um, thirty five percent. Okay. I, I wouldn't. It's, I wouldn't it's real. I think game one game one swings a lot of this. Like if the Lakers come out and win game one, I do think that the series now is like it's going to be a long one. If for Denver to win, it's going to go long. But if Denver wins game one, I I will feel really a lot better about it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's just gonna it's there's gonna be a snowball effect. It's just gonna have a lot of ripples for for just about every every little aspect of this series. Where like like Adam said, you put them on their heels. It's the first time they've been on their heels in the entire playoffs. And if you're on your heels uh, on the road again in game two, then maybe maybe that snowballs even more. Yeah. And not- confidence. Hold up, real quick, Swipe. But because confidence is huge for role players, KCP, Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown. Those three guys, and Michael Porter even, they've been doing the same thing all year. Denver has been playing more or less the same way, getting better at it, but all year long, at least on the offensive end. The, the Lakers guys, like I saw somebody saying, like, you're not ready for Lonnie Walker. So I was like, guys, Lonnie Walker's a good player, and I like him. I like his story, and he has been fantastic in this playoffs. But there is something, too, if you do win both games at home, Lonnie Walker's only been playing in this role with the Lakers for a couple, like six weeks, eight weeks or something like that. All these guys, Austin Reeves had a great year, but a lot of the other guys who have really stepped in and shined are guys that have only been doing this with them in that way for a short while. Not long enough, in my opinion, to have the confidence of being down 0-2 and to go home and knock down shots the way you typically expect a role player to knock down shots. Well, and too, I don't, the Lakers or Nuggets, neither team has been in the chaser position. Uh, neither team has been down. I think in, in the series so far. So I do think that's yeah. important. And I think the Nuggets strategy is winning the first two games. I think that's been very clear from the onset of the playoffs. I think they want to continue that. Again, I think so much of this is about, you know, the, the Lakers have been riding momentum. Like that's been a huge part of this. And they rode momentum over a Grizzlies team that was deeply flawed to begin with and then lost two key contributors then they ran into a Warriors team coming off of a seven-game series. Teams coming off of seven games, their record is abysmal in the NBA playoffs. Um, and that team was on its last legs. And 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 like the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for ending a dynasty. Like they just well not ending. They deserve a lot of credit for at least pre- presenting the possibility of the ending of a dynasty. Um, of they did, what, they did what the Sacramento Kings could not. Uh, <laughs> they did what no team has been able to do, which is beat the Warriors in the Western Conference playoff series. Understand. Kings almost did it, by the way. It was so almost cool. did it. Almost did it. Like I said, this is, but that's the thing, right? And then on the other side, like I understand when Lakers fans are like, "Look, that Suns team was not any good." That's one of the reasons that we were all like, "Yeah, I think the Suns, the Nuggets are going to win this series last round." But also, nobody said this before, Matt. This is the thing about this. Is why I put we it did. out on Twitter. But we did. Well, 
Okay, but my point is, in that series, was Denver an underdog or were they favorite going in? They were dumb. They were an underdog. This is my point. Is the same with the Clippers. The Nuggets beat the Clippers in the bubble, and Jokic and Murray went off down the stretch of that series. People said, I guess the Clippers just weren't as good as we thought. And they just did the exact same thing with the Phoenix Suns. And I just want to – if the Nuggets get past the Lakers, they're going to say the same thing about, well, the Lakers just were – unfortunately, we're never – come on, guys. They beat the Suns without – they beat the Suns without two starters with no depth. They beat the Timberwolves in the first round. And then they beat the eight seed or seven seed. Sorry, is is what like what the story will be. That's By the like, way, shouts to my guy DeAndre Ayton, man, fall guy for everything in Phoenix, <laughs> fall guy. But boy, woo, he's a, um, he's he's not a bystander in, in all of it. But I mean, it's it is clear that he is the fall guy. I have a really big I have a really big question, which is going to be the same for the three for three of us and not the same for for one other ones. I don't think. <laughs> Who wins Western Conference Finals MVP? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, if the Nuggets answer. win, it's Jokic. Yes, easiest answer of all time. Especially so Adam, versus Adam Anthony and Davis. Swi- I, Adam and Swipe agree. I will say the same. Of course, it's Jokic. Come on, what are we doing? Hey, we I doing? wanted to give you the chance to, to like you want to. You're calling Nuggets in five. I'm giving you a chance for like you three know, Murray games, and he it would be. It. it would be fitting. Here's the thing. It would be fitting. There we it, go. Yes, Jamal yes. Murray, who was always criticized and was always taken as a not an all-star, not capable of, of being like even in Jokic's shadow to step up in this moment where Jokic has the toughest possible individual matchup that, that he will have in this series. And Murray's just like, I got you. I got you. That's fine. I'm going up against Austin Reeves. We're going to be fine. And and he averages 30 a night in these playoffs and or, or in this series. And Maybe he swings it. He's not actually going to swing it away. I I feel very strongly that Jokic is the driving force of this team, Matthew. I promise. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think Jokic needs to. I think Murray needs to take threes though in this series. If you go back no, and look no at that, if, if I mean he's gotten a lot better at this over the years. I mean for a while there it was a frustration, but if you look at that bubble series or the different bubble series, fifteen threes, twelve, eight, 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 seven, thirteen. You get to that Lakers one. Five, nine, eight, three, four. He just, for whatever reason, stopped taking the volume of threes that he did early on in that one. I, I just think he's got to take and make threes at a, at a good rate in the series. I'm really curious to see if AG goes off in the series. I will tell you, I'm on the other side of the Vando thing. I think it's going to be a Vando series. I think we're going to see a lot of them. Four this on five up. on the other side, though, Matt. Like they, he's in zero offensively. Like that will fundamentally change the way the Nuggets were able to play defense on them by leaving him in the corner. Now, maybe they use him like Draymond or something like that. Again, I could be wrong, Matt, but that's that's my initial thing. I think Rudy. If you're the Lakers, are you, if you're the Lakers, are you trying to win a track meet here? Well, well, I think that's the point. Are they going to be able to score enough points on their end? And even if the Nuggets come down a little bit, I still think I mean, if he, if he plays on offense, he has to offensive board, and he's really good at it. So it, I think it'll be interesting know. if they if they go the other way and they go to three guards because that puts LeBron on AG um, or like if he goes to MPJ, I will say this, if he goes to MPJ or AG, I will say this, LeBron's picked up a really nasty habit again that he had back in Cleveland. He helps up from the corner a lot in pick and roll situations. If you move LeBron off ball and are like, don't you want to go help? You can yeah, go help. Be that against Michael Porter. Yeah. If he does that versus versus MPJ, it's either cuts or threes. And if he does it versus AG, it's cuts. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a real threat there if they can get AG up high enough and 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 pull LeBron out. It's one of the reasons why I think Bando matters is like 
keeping LeBron out of those situations, I actually think is, is kind of important, but we'll see. These early games are really important. They're really important. I'm curious to see. Michael Malone has had his team very prepared for game one. Uh, I think this will be the toughest game one they have so far, and I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they've come out. They beat. They won game one in the first round by 27. And then 27, and then 18 in in game in the second round. So if they come out and punch them in the mouth again, then we're one hour 20 in this. We got to end it, but I just want to know uh, who do you guys think guards AD? Who do you want guarding AD in the bench minutes? It's going to be AG to start, I think. But who do you want? Like, is there anybody else that you want in the rotation to give a shot at AD in the stagger minutes? Hey, man. Zeke. DeAndre. <laughs> they couldn't uh, They couldn't cut it with DeAndre over there in Lakerland, man. Might as well. That's a, that's a good matchup for the Nuggets, I think, just like it was for Rudy Gobert. That's a joke. Um, I think it will probably be Jeff. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Adam, thoughts? On who guards Anthony Davis? Yeah, and the stagger minutes. Who do you I want? Don't, I don't know. Is there going to be stagger minutes in that way? I, I was yeah. thinking the same staggers. Like really? LeBron. Like, I think we have to. I think there'll be a little bit of that. I, I'll say this: I, it almost doesn't matter because I think the staggered minutes with Yoke without Anthony Davis on the court would can would be a massacre. So that's why I don't know that there will be him. Okay. So you just want you want Yoke guarding AD full time? I mean, I just again, I, I think that's how it'll shake out for the most part, just because I don't know that you can play AD or that you can take AD off with Jokic on the court. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be this gonna be a, a fascinating series, I think, or a short one, according to two of you. <laughs> I want the record to show Matt tried, goaded me into that. I did go you into it. I did go you into it. I absolutely goaded you into it. I apologize for that. It's amazing. But we all got nuggets. We all got nuggets in this one. That's that's probably the most important. Look at this I also, that, that's, that's it, it wasn't. Yeah, this guy's talking. Uh, I will say, it's a, lonely, it's a lonely guy, man. It's, it's Proud Boy subreddits must must be a little a little empty today. It's different from 2020. Oh yeah. In hey, the it's the same people, Swiper. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, my thing is, I'm. What I'm trying to say though, Brian, is in 2020, Adam and I picked. Adam and I picked the Lakers in that series. In 2020. Yeah, yeah. no, I did too. I yeah. think. I yeah. Yeah. Like they were. Really and honestly, the the pick the big issue with that one was that the Nuggets played 14 games in that or up until that series in the right. bubble every other day. And they had to come back from 3-1 down twice. This yeah, like they played that. 10, and they played the Blazers and the Rockets and didn't guard Russell Westbrook the entire series. Yeah, this Nuggets team is rested. They're also better. They're also more complete. Like, there's a lot of reasons to have faith that this is going to be different this time around. I'm so young and optimistic. It's nice. I know. Well, can't wait to can't wait to lose it in, in, in these next couple of years. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, guys. You can catch Swipa and Ryan. The Pig Axe and Roll podcast. Catch out Swipe Out on Twitter at Swipe Cam. Adam's on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares. You don't need to follow Ryan. And two uh, super chats here, real quick. Oh, uh, Big yeah. Mike six seven says Can- cancer patient here. Nuggets get it done. Book it, Big Mike oh, yeah. man. Shout you're out, gonna man. Get it done too, luck, man. You're gonna get it done yeah. too, brother. Jeez. Jacob Hill says Joker better take notes with that 15 point game seven performance by the MVP Joel. Oof. 
I will say that was one of the craziest things is like this is in this is in Sixers columns and has been said by people on Sixers podcast is like they're like Nikola Jokic would never go out like that. That's accurate. It's so. true. Well, he's three and one in game sevens, and he also averaged 24, 16, and seven in those games. It's a big series, by the way, for Yoke. He's got a lot. Of, I mean, Anthony Davis really is like Embiid went down. Everybody's out. Everybody's out of contention right now for best big man, except for these two guys, Anthony Davis. Best player Yoke. in the world. Yep. I mean, best player of the world on the, on the table. All of those LeBron and Yoke there. Like, this is, um, I care about those things a little bit less, I think, than you guys do. But nonetheless, this is one where you have a nice leg to stand on if you get through it. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Evan and I will be back on Lockdown Nuggets. with. Uh, we will do a crossover episode with Lockdown Lakers. That should be fun for the chats. And then uh, we can catch all of our coverage throughout the week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Enjoy your week. See you guys again next time. Mm-hmm.